You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson, Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode, the New Orleans Saints are preparing again to be without another key starter. Our Film Watch Wednesday sheds some light on where the Saints can still improve, and Doug Mouton of WWL joined to talk about the Saints' win against the Packers and look ahead to the Carolina Panthers. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. family. It is a Wednesday edition of Locked on Saints. So we're going to get to our Film Watch Wednesday as well as our WWL Wednesday here in just a moment. But first, want to start off with some big news for the New Orleans Saints who continue to find and have to battle their way through adversity. This time, the injury to Eric McCoy that was expected to be a calf strain before initial testing has finally come back and it is indeed a calf strain. And the Uh, New Orleans Saints center, who has been outstanding since he was drafted just a few years ago, is expected to miss some games and miss some time. There is a possibility that he goes on injured reserve. Remember, this year, injured reserve, just like last year, only requires missing three games, not the former six to eight games and having to be designated to return and all that stuff. Ain't got to worry about all that. Three games if you're on injured reserve, and then you can come back to the team. So the New Orleans Saints could allow him to sit out those three games. They could end up moving him to injured reserve and keep him there through the bye week, maybe even take him off during the bye week, however it is that they want to work it out. But regardless, they'll need to figure out a solution at the center position right now. Now, during the game on Sunday, you saw Cesar Ruiz shift over to center, and then you saw Calvin Throckmorton come in at right guard. They played well in those positions, but you know, you, you've spent the entire offseason developing Cesar Ruiz as a guard. You don't want to change his course here now right as the season is beginning. And honestly, usually what would have happened is that Will Clapp would have come in at that center spot, but he was unavailable for this game. So to help fill that void at center, the Saints go out and sign Austin Reitler, who started his career with the Cleveland Browns, who have been notorious for, or I guess whatever the good version of notorious famous, have been famous for creating great offensive linemen and cultivating great offensive lines. He then went on to join the Kansas City Chiefs, appeared in the last two Super Bowls there, has been the starter since 2019, including, of course, the Super Bowl that they won that season, has only allowed 22 pressures over the course of those two years of starting three sacks during that time as well. All three of those sacks being in 2019 hasn't allowed one since the Super Bowl 54 victory against the uh, San Francisco 49ers for the Kansas City Chiefs. Just last year, he allowed only 11 pressures, no sacks all told, no hits even on the quarterback. Now, of course, Patrick Mahomes' ability to evade pressure and to you know be that mobile magician in the backfield certainly has something to do with that. But regardless, Reitler has been a very uh, consistent and very good offensive lineman, a bright spot in an offensive line that struggled over the last couple of years in Kansas City. A lot of Kansas City fans and media were a bit confused and even upset on the fan side that Reitler was released or didn't didn't end up reaching another contract really with the Kansas City Chiefs. He became an unrestricted free agent and everyone assumed that he would go out 
and make big money. You heard the numbers, only 22 pressures over the last couple of years, three sacks, no sacks at all, or hits even on the quarterback last year. He had a great 2020 season. Folks expected that he was going to get a big contract, but that just didn't come to fruition. He met with a few teams, spent some time with the Houston Texans, which reports went so far as to say that they were working on a deal, but no deal was landed there. Also visited with the New York Giants and another team as well, but didn't end up landing a contract. So here he is in September, just before week two, signing what is effectively a one-year $238,000 contract that is fully non-guaranteed. Remember, after week one, when you sign players, those contracts are not guaranteed at all. So this is a very low risk, but potentially high reward signing for the New Orleans Saints that could have just landed the exact center that they needed to fill in in place of Eric McCoy and doesn't require you to shuffle pieces around over on the offensive line. A few years ago, the Saints would have to do that, right? You would have an injury to Teron Armstead, let's say, and you couldn't just put a left tackle in in his place. You'd have to move left guard Andrews Pete over and then put somebody else in at left guard, and you had to shuffle around more than one position. The Saints tried very hard to build a structure this season with their with their depth chart and with their 53-man roster to not have to do that. And unfortunately, they had to here in week one. They had to do exactly what they tried to build this roster to not have to do because Will Clapp was unavailable. Now the Saints go out and they find a center that can plug in and that can you know lead this team on the offensive line for the next you know couple of weeks if they needed to, even through the bye week if absolutely necessary. The big thing is going to be bringing somebody in and then expecting them to make protection calls. We'll see how that factors in. That may mean that you know Reitler doesn't start right away or something like that. We'll see how the Saints actually work it out, but he's an intelligent player. He's been doing it for a while. You do have the lingering question about why that big contract never came about, why the Chiefs didn't give him his next contract. It might have something to do with the fact that he's 30 years old and teams were trying to be one year ahead on moving on from him as opposed to being one year late on moving on from him. Thankfully, the Saints need him to help for a few games, basically a handful. And that post uh, bye week New Orleans Saints roster is going to look very different than the New Orleans Saints roster that we're seeing right now. That timeline matches up. If Eric McCoy goes to injured reserve for that long and returns after the bye, he'll be joining Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, as well as Michael Thomas in that sort of expected return range being those first few games after the bye. So this team in a couple of weeks going to look very different than this team right now. And especially if they continue to win right now, that's going to be a huge benefit for them as the season moves along. If they want to continue to win, they'll still have to make some improvements. Yes, a 38 to three victory is great, but you're always looking for where you can get better. That's certainly been the New Orleans Saints MO over these last few seasons in particular. So we went ahead and dug into the film. We're going to talk about where the Saints can still improve a little bit going into their next matchup against the Carolina Panthers. We've got that and much more for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. But first, I want to remind you that the Saints right now are favored in that game against the Carolina Panthers, minus three on the road. They are road favorites, which usually makes me a little bit nervous. I like when the Saints are a bit underrated and a bit of an underdog here, but maybe you're feeling good about that line. So you want to go and check out our friends over at betonline.ag. And I got to tell you, I wouldn't blame you at all, especially over at BetOnline, where you can get in on so much that they have going on. And right now they're giving a 100% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKED on as well. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Don't miss out on that. 100% welcome bonus when you sign up with a brand new account. You can get on all get in on all the NFL action, the MLB action as they turn the corner here heading toward the playoffs when things get really exciting in baseball. And they even have your favorite Vegas casino games there as well. So go and check them out. Our good friends over at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On Saints. First of all, I want to say I see the listen numbers. I see the view numbers over on YouTube. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm overwhelmed with the amount of support that we've had here on the show. And I thank you very much. Those of you that are new to the channel, those of you that are new to the show, those of you that have been here and supporting from the jump or halfway through, however long you've been here, I don't care. I just thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of the support. So let me continue to give you the content that you're here for. Let's talk more New Orleans Saints. Let's get right into it. I went ahead and did my usual film watch uh, on Wednesday, and I, I try to break down in one segment a couple of, of keys, right? Like three keys throughout the film watch that stood out to me. And I thought, what can I give you that's different? What can I give you that you're not just going to be able to get anywhere else? So I will put my focus on where the Saints can improve. And I came up with three major areas where the Saints can definitely get better even after a 38-3 to victory against the Green Bay Packers, which was a huge win for them. And I'm not trying to discount what they did, but you want this team to get better than they were in week one by the time that they get to week 17. You or I guess week 18 now. You want them to continue to get better. So let's talk about where that can happen. Let's start over on the offensive line. Yes, the New Orleans Saints dealt with a key injury on the offensive line with Eric McCoy. However, the Saints are going to have to battle and sort of circumvent that very same injury for a couple of games at least while he's out. So here's a place where they can get better, and it is run blocking. This New Orleans Saints team was not fantastic in run blocking. I mean, you look at their run blocking efficiency across the NFL, 22nd in the NFL, according to ESPN's run block win ratio, which was, or metric rather, which was only 66%. That's only 4% higher than the last place, which was 62%. I didn't have to say that. You know how to do math, but you get it. They were not a great team when it came to run blocking. So you definitely want to see them get better there. Where the Saints won in the run game came down to the running backs and the fact that they didn't face many eight-man boxes. So it helped to cover up the fact that the Saints struggled on the offensive line when it came to run blocking. Uh, You saw Tony Jones Jr. face an eight-man box only 9.09% of the time. Alvin Kamara, 10% of the time. Really helpful. They were both also top five in terms of time behind the line of scrimmage, time to the line. So they got beyond the line of scrimmage very quickly. That's easy to do when you don't have eight people to beat over on the defensive side, right? So there are things about this run game that worked really well. Hell, they ran for 171 yards. That's undeniable. However, the run blocking up front, the offensive line can still improve there because it had a lot more to do with the running back success than it had to do with the offensive line success. Now, um, Jameis Winston was not under pressure very much in this game. The Saints actually did very well in pass blocking or did well in pass blocking. They can certainly still improve on the interior, but that is what you expect. You had a guy who was an undrafted free agent last year who, you know, got his first start out of nowhere or not first start, but he saw his first NFL action out of nowhere on Sunday. So you give that a little bit of a pass, but you want to talk about a place where they can get better. That's certainly a spot. Another place where they can continue to get better is actually in pass coverage. Now, this is really interesting because they did well in pass coverage. And I want to highlight Paulson Adebo, who had a really great game, but there were some plays that were saved by the pass rush. So this is good news. We've always talked about the symbiotic relationship between the pass rush and the secondary. Pass rush helps the secondary. Secondary helps the pass rush. Always been the case. Now, the Saints pass coverage, particularly when Marshawn Lattimore wasn't on the field for that series, ended up really actually having some plays open up downfield that could have been taken advantage of. But because you have a guy like Marcus Williams who showed off his range, getting from the 33 on the Green Bay side to the 43 on the New Orleans side to intercept that deep pass that Aaron Rodgers thought was either going to be, was going to fall incomplete or, you know, his guy was going to go out there and make a play. 
that gets into the mind of a quarterback. There's nowhere safely for me to throw this ball downfield. So I'm going to have to make some decisions, hold on to the ball, wait until the receiver is actually more, looks more open than when I usually would throw the pass, right? So you saw all of those things get into the mental side of the game and benefit the Saints secondary. But from a pure just coverage standpoint, there were some plays that opened up downfield. So you do want to clean those up just in case at some point you're going up against a better offensive line that's not starting two rookies and doesn't have a left tackle that's playing out of position and the pass rush isn't able to get home as quickly and efficiency efficiently as they were able to early on in this game for uh, the Saints against Green Bay. So you want to see some of those things clean up over on the defensive side. The last thing that I'll mention is wide receiver separation. Now, the New Orleans Saints going out and signing Kenny Stills should get some help in this category. Kenny Stills is a natural separator because of his speed. He doesn't have to stack in that the way that you have to generate uh, separation naturally if you're, you know, a 4-5 for a low 4-4, I guess high 4-4 type of receiver, Kenny Stills is a burner, right? So he can naturally create separation and crossing routes, even deep routes, you know, fly routes, things like that, sort of like what we saw with Deontay Harris, for instance. Now, the Saints did have some moments where they created separation. Adam Troutman did it very well. 3.6 yards of separation on average. Unfortunately, he just had a couple of drops that were pretty egregious. Meanwhile, you saw Jawan Johnson create big time separation on that scissor concept that left him open in the corner in the back of the end zone. So there were moments and bright spots where you saw it for sure. You saw the big crossing route for Marquez Calloway, the opening pass of the game that went for 14 yards downfield. Great route concept, something we see the Saints run all the time. They tried to run it later. That same route was taken away. So receiver separation has been a bit of an issue for the Saints over the past couple of years. Now you just want to see them continue to add the pieces that are going to be able to help to benefit that. And it's going to help in a couple of different ways. Kenny Stills should naturally be able to create separation. Now that Deontay Harris is on the map with that big 55-yard touchdown, that was the second longest air yards touchdown over the weekend at 59 yards through the air, that's going to end up drawing the attention of defenses, particularly their ability to threaten deep and stretch the field. That's going to help them continue to create separation when they run these crossing patterns, when people are expecting them to go deep. But when they do go deep, it's going to create clear outs, more space to work with for underneath receivers to create separation on their own inherently because there won't be as many defenders clogging up those areas. And as long as New Orleans Saints remain efficient in the passing game and keep eight men out of the box, it means that the middle of the field continues to open up for the passing game as well and continues to open up for the running game. So certainly some bright spots in all of this. But if you want to talk about where the Saints can get better, those are three key spots where they can kind of easily address and get better. Maybe the exception being the offensive line because you're having to replace your starting center there. But if they can clean that up, clean up some of the things in pass coverage to just make sure that that's covered in case the pass rush isn't there to support you and then continue to build separation, continue to build a scheme that supports your receivers, which Sean Payton is the absolute best at in the NFL. This team doesn't really have a low ceiling at all. They have a very high ceiling and they'll continue to shatter it as they move forward throughout this season. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about Film Watch as we preview the Carolina Panthers game. I want to talk about Paul Sinadibos um, performance, uh, who was absolutely phenomenal and did have a great game, but did have some of those situations where he was a rookie, right? So we'll talk a little bit more in depth about him later on in the week. I want to talk about Tano Passigno moving all on this defensive line as well, but that's the play for you so far and where the Saints continue to get better. Next, we're going to be joined by Doug Mouton of WWL TV, who's going to help us look back at the New Orleans Saints win and start already to look ahead to the Carolina Panthers this coming 
weekend. Before we get to that, if you're trying to figure out how you're going to watch this Panthers game, but also watch your favorite TV shows and your favorite movies, I got something for you. It's Direct TV Stream. Takes all of those live sports, all those movies, your favorite TV shows, everything, puts them all in one place like never before so that you can seamlessly go back and forth between them. You've seen the commercials, Serena Williams, Wonder Woman, Serena Williams, Wonder Woman, fantastic stuff. And it works exactly as advertised. Absolutely love it myself. So go and check it out. You can get more information on it over at directtv.com. You can get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. And speaking of package, go ahead and get yourself the best package that you could ask for by heading over to builtbar.com and get yourself a big old box of Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars on the market. Nine incredible flavors. You can start off with a sample box. It's going to give you two of each of those flavors. You can find out what your favorites are, and then you can do a build your own box the next time that you go back. These are incredible. Coconut, coconut, almond, some of my favorites. Kind of tastes like Mounds and Almond Joy bars. Absolutely love them. Uh, the, the mint brownie one. I'm a freak for mint and chocolate. Also love peanut butter and chocolate. They got you covered there. If you just like chocolate and chocolate, they got a double chocolate bar for you as well. So they have something for everybody. Go and check them out at builtbar.com. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off of your next order, whether it's your first or your next. That's promo code LOCKED15 at builtbar.com. All right, family, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our WWL Wednesday. Today, we've got Doug Mouton coming back through at Devon Mouton uh, WWL on Twitter. Doug, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing just fine. Doing just fine. Thanks so much for joining us here this week. Now, we had a huge performance from the New Orleans Saints to open up the 2021 NFL season, setting the tone with a 38-3 blowout of the Green Bay Packers in Jacksonville. Let's start off with the performance that we saw from Jameis Winston. Was that performance what you expected to see from him? And is it something we should expect moving forward? Well, look, I think you're going to see a significantly better quarterback than you saw in Tampa. For sure. 130 quarterback rating uh, all year. Obviously not. I mean, we saw maybe the best version of him. Look, here's what I like most about him. It happened early in the game. Three times early in the game, and there was one where his man-to-man coverage and the field opened up in front of him, and Jameis ran. He ran three times, three times for first downs, didn't throw in the coverage. And look, that's a, that's a weapon. Jameis is not what you'd call a runner, but he is a good athlete, and, and he's big. He's not a little guy. Jameis is far larger than you think. He's long, like an NBA wing player, and, and he is an athlete. So those three times, I think, set the tone and then I thought the single best play, the, the defining play for Jameis was the touchdown to Chris Hogan when he climbs the pocket, finds Hogan, kept his eyes downfield because by then, with the threat of the run, they have to play him different. I think I think that is a weapon he's going to have. I expect you're going to see significantly better Jameis than you saw in Tampa. Maybe not as good as you saw this week. It's a great start, great sign for the future, and he is that guy. I've said a hundred times in training camp, he throws a great deep ball. That deep ball to Deontay Harris was a thing of beauty. Oh, it was a beautiful one. And the thing that was so nice about that pass is that it was the only pass that Jameis Winston threw that traveled more than 20 yards through the air. So they saved it, didn't really change their identity, make him force him to take shots downfield. So I love the way that he fit into this Sean Payton offense. A lot of credit, of course, around all this goes to Sean Payton. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Hey, look, Payton dialed up perfect game plan and they called shot plays 
far more than that one time. They called it a bunch, and, and Jameis correctly opted not to do it. That's what I mean. He did, Look, the one interception that got called back, Saints got a break on the roughing the passer. That one w- was probably ill-advised. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Jameis made 98% solid decisions, and they are going to take a lot more shots than they have the last few, few years. But in this particular game, Jameis opted not to take them until he got the one to Deontay Harris. Let's look over on the opposite side of the ball, the defense holding down last year's MVP, a usually high-octane offense, uh, holding them to no touchdowns for the first time since Matt LaFleur was the Green Bay Packers defense. How much of this do you expect to see moving forward? Well, look, this is a terrific defense, and they were terrific last year, and they look like it again. And they're, they're, again, so many positive signs. The one play that, to me, I don't think the TV broadcast does justice to it's Marcus mm-hmm. Williams interception. The, the amount of ground he covered on that play, he, it was a Kevin Kiermeyer or Byron Buxton in center field running down a ball that's 50 yards away. They're the two best defensive center fielders in baseball. And he was like that. The distance he covers, his range and speed is unbelievably impressive. I thought he was terrific. I know you talked about Paul Sedadipo, who was obviously outstanding. The defensive line was great. We now know with Marcus Davenport's injury why he was so good early and then sort of disappeared late. We we never forget why. And Tano Passigno was unbelievably good playing inside and outside. Um, So many positive signs on defense. Um, Debo gives you the depth that you need. You get Bradley Roby this week and Marshawn Lattimore, I thought, had a great game as well. Um, It was Aaron Rodgers' fourth worst quarterback rating uh, of – his entire career as yeah. a starter. So that says all you need to say. They were just terrific across the board. Now, as the New Orleans Saints turn their attention to the division rival Carolina Panthers traveling to Carolina, what are your expectations upcoming in this game? Anything that you expect to be even better than we saw last week or a place where you're maybe looking to see, hey, there might be a little bit of a drop off here? Well, I, I do think the, the really fun matchup is Christian McCaffrey against the Saints linebackers. For sure. Um, this game, the Saints linebackers, because Green Bay wasn't running the ball, couldn't, didn't have the ball, was the biggest thing. We didn't see Demario Davis and Quan Alexander. I can't wait to see those guys match up against McCaffrey coming up. To me, that's like the elite matchup to watch because I two terrific linebackers against that guy. Um, look, I, I don't think Carolina is a playoff team. I think they are at best maybe – a seven and ten team. I think the Saints are the better team heading in. Um, so I certainly would would make them the favorite and count on them. I will say this: the Saints in the last four years with the best record in the NFL, they're three and five the, the last four years in games one and two. So mm-hmm. they have not started strong. If you remember last year, they beat the Bucks in the opener and then laid eggs in weeks two and three right. with the Raiders. Um, in week two, and it just it was, and then Green Bay in week three weren't good efforts. So there, there have been early season letdowns in each of the past four years on four terrific teams. You hope the Saints can avoid that. Um, but look, they look so good. I mean, I, look, the one thing I always say is, if you're going to get mad at the losses, then enjoy the wins, For right? Sure. And this is one where we should all be celebrating until. Sunday at 1159. Uh, <laughs> and look, I, I do love the Saints' chances in week two. But I do, I, I do think that's important to note. The Saints have not been good early season team yeah. 
So that is the one thing to watch. They have a letdown early, but man, this team looked awful good. And and look, you said it. The line, the offensive line, is going to be the strength of this team all season. They were great. As long as you have that, they're going to keep them in every game. Yeah, absolutely. Whole bunch of depth over on that offensive line, showing off the depth over on the defense. Can the Saints get off to a hot start? We'll find out this weekend, and we'll be talking to our friends over at WWL each week here on WWL Wednesdays. Doug at D Mouton WWL on Twitter. Make sure you throw him a follow. Check out fourth down on four on Sundays. Appreciate you coming through, Doug, and I'll be seeing you again here soon. Anytime, Ross. All right, family. Thanks for joining us for another episode. And once again, I appreciate everything that you've done to help support the show. Now, go and show some love to our Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling so that you can go ahead and win yourself some money. They're going to walk you through everything with the action throughout these next couple days and into the weekend. And don't forget that the Locked On NFL Draft podcast relaunches this Monday, September 20th with your new host, Eric Crocker, former NFL player who's going to bring you the scouting perspective and you get all the analytics that you need from the boy wonder himself, Ryan Tracy from over at Locked On Chiefs. Fantastic content for you every single day on the NFL draft. And if you're looking for fantastic content every single day on the New Orleans Saints, you found the right place and I'm grateful for it. We'll be back with you tomorrow to talk with Julian Council of Locked On Panthers in preview the Saints and Panthers matchup. And on Friday, we'll do our final keys to victory. We'll continue to talk about how, what the Saints need to do to open up this season strong with a 2-0 record for the first time in a little bit. And we'll also be able to talk more about Paul Sandivo, Tano Passino, some of the heroes of last Sunday that need to show up next Sunday. We've got all that as we continue on. And for everything in between, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.